Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready for this shit? I'm always ready to talk about some history shit. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> A jam, 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 and out, jam, and out, jam, 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 jam. <laughs> Good lord. Is it bad that Jared texted us about the I'm always ready to talk about some history shit and then has said nothing about the rest of the episode? <laughs> I feel like that's not a good compliment. Yeah, he was... Did, what did he say? He said... And then it was... Because <clears throat> it was his song. Yeah. Yeah. So, he was like, the song was great. Then, uh, what else? That's it. Yeah. That's all right. Well... Well, you're stuck with another one here, buddy. <laughs> so I hope you're listening. And you're... Put your phone away. Stop trying to text us right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to another episode, the second episode of the I Can Teach History podcast. It's a podcast where Liz teaches me about some historical uh, thing that happened in the United States of the America and yep, that's the name of the country yeah. yeah US of A baby United States of the American so um <laughs> Liz teaches uh me and I have no idea what she's teaching um we just kind of go for it so quick reintros of I'm Liz. I am a high school history teacher. And I'm Carl. I don't stop talking. <laughs> I'm a teacher's worst nightmare. A little bit. And I'm a comedian. Um, and today, we're going to learn some history. Uh, yeah, what is the topic for today? Actually, you know what? Before we go into the topic for today, how are you? I'm good. That's How are good. you? I feel like we actually haven't had like a conversation. We conversation, <laughs> and I like that the first conversation we're having in like the past couple of days is just going to be on this <laughs> podcast for everybody to hear. Yeah, because we've seen three minutes of each other when we're both awake. That's true, and you just yeah, you fall asleep on the couch. I do. And we'll eat dinner, and I'll go. Let's talk after dinner, and then we'll watch a show, and then I'll go. How was your day? And then. <laughs> and then I fall asleep. It's a long day. I, yeah, for both of us. But you more. Because you're a real teacher. And I'm just trying to change the youths of America. <laughs> Make them graduate. Exactly. Yes. And that's it. It's just I read papers <laughs> and stuff. And they go, how is it? And I'm like, yeah, thumbs up. You you wrote words. <laughs> So, it's Friday. Yeah, it is. This is what we do on Fridays. Friday night. We used to go drinking on Friday nights. We did. A now lot. I do more teaching. Yeah, and we're not even drinking right now. We're drinking water. Yeah. We're we're dehydrated. Yeah. We haven't drank enough water today, so we can't have anything else. And that's adulting. Yep. This is thirty three. This is thirty one. That's rude. Thirty two. Thirty one. Thirty one. I always forget. <laughs> I really don't remember every time. Someone asks me, how old are you? Ah, one or two. 31 or two, I don't know. One or two? No, 31 It's like one two. of two numbers. What? I don't yeah. know what numbers those are. Who knows? Your guess is better than mine. <laughs> 1991, sure, 32. No, 31. I will be 32. Yep. Does it make you upset that we're never going to be the same age and you're always going to be a year older than me? Yep. Does it make you even more upset that sometimes it seems like two years? Yep. Like right now you're 33. Yep. And I'm 31. Yep. So I could be like, yeah, she's two years older than me. Yep. Oh, but I'm not. I am. But as of right now, I'm 31, you're 33. So that means you're two years older than me. Nope. Year and a half. No, no, no. Almost to the day. Yeah. But not really because I'm one number, 31, the other number, 33. 
What's the difference in those numbers? What's the what are we looking September? at? September. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at September. numbers. September. September is not a number. See. Nine. This is why you teach history seven. and not math. Nineteen eighty nine. <clears throat> yep. Eighty nine. Ninety. Ninety one. Two years. I hate you. <clears throat> you just helped my point even more. I have officially won an argument. <laughs> no, you haven't. I did. The only reason that you might have not lost this argument is because it's 9.30 on a Friday night. Yep, 9.30 on a Friday night, and uh, we're, we're fighting sleep. Is that, you know, hey, adulting, you know, <laughs> fixing houses and... Yeah. And, and how was your week? Oh, you know. Expensive. <laughs> Hey, I bought a new car. Sick, bro. I bought a new water house heater thing. <laughs> water house? Yeah, I don't know. It's a water heater and a house heater. It's a water home heater. I bought a heater for a home that does the water and the home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, what else is going on? Nothing. I'm teaching. And I am... Teaching and preaching. Wishing that I was with the baby. And I'm not, and it sucks. Yeah, you wish you're with baby and not here with me. No, no. Like that's... I wish I was at with the baby instead of being at school. Actually, that's not true. I really like being at school. I wish that I could have the baby with me and still hang out with you and the baby and teach at the same time. Um, you that's would not, not get any work done no, if I me and Caroline were in your classroom. No, I wouldn't. But I can picture you like wearing the harness thing. Yeah. While teaching. Yeah. But like you're writing on the board and Caroline's like erasing what you're writing. <laughs> you're just reaching at the board. Scratching it. Good thing that's not chalk anymore. I do have a chalkboard. <laughs> I don't use... So I have a chalkboard with like a... One of those like smart board things, yeah, screwed into it. But the smart board hasn't worked since I started working at my school in 2016. Nice, so um, it's the most expensive whiteboard in the world. Um, I just call it a board because I'm woke. <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll, my eyes almost just came out of the other side of my head because they rolled so hard. All right, so now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn some history stuff. Here you are. So um, the last last is the first episode we did. Um, yep. It's kind of the same thing where Liz is gonna tell me I know nothing about it, uh, or Liz is gonna teach me and I don't really don't know what she's gonna be teaching. But um, to stay true to the videos, um, we're gonna change things up a tiny bit just at the beginning, um, where you know at the beginning of the videos I would open the book to a random page, point at whatever topic it was, and I'd come up with my own little spiel on what I think that is. So we're going to try and do that now at the beginning um, of every episode. So you're going to... What, what's the tagline, tap, the headline? Topic. Thank you. You're going <laughs> to tell me the topic of what we're learning today, uh -huh. and I'm going to have to guess what it is and then by the end hopefully at the end maybe i was close okay and we can find out if i can teach history well we already know because of the first episode yeah, i can okay like i can teach history that's really not appropriate and i won <laughs> not a competition yeah it's a competition <laughs> everything's a competition everything's with you. Competition. so except sports sports never a competition for anything you, else yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well to clarify sports is a competition but not i just could not care less about sports which hurts when i play them i'm oh, the least competitive them. human when it comes to sports but every other stupid thing that you could be competitive about i am a hundred percent in absolutely if I get something right in trivia and you get it wrong, you usually slap me in the face. I don't slap you in the face, but I will think about it and be mad about it for like a week. It's so, Like you picture slapping me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and when you smile, you're like, hmm, that's mm. when you're picturing it. Yeah, that's true. So what are you going to be teaching us today? I'm going to be teaching you about the progressive era. Okay. What do you got? Oh, wow, that... <laughs> no pressure. Um, I mean, you 
are trying to see if you can teach history, so... All right, you're going to say all rude and shit. <laughs> um, progressive error. So, obviously, progressive meaning insurance. Um, Solid. So, protecting people. So, like a good neighbor... No, shit, let's take time. <laughs> God I mean... damn it. Um, same thing, but no, that's... Uh, progressive is flow, right? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Good thing I have the editing power. Um, <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the progressive era uh, becoming more protective of of the people. Okay. Uh, if this were a I could teach history video, mm-hmm. I'd go boom uh, the progressive era, uh, and then I'd go I'm flow and I'm here to help y'all and keep you protected. Insurance. (laughs) (laughs) So, just to be clear, you think that the progressive era is all about giving people insurance? No, I just think it's about giving people the coverage that they need. (laughs) (laughs) Home and auto insurance? Bundles, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so that's not correct. Okay, well, we don't know that yet. (laughs) I I objectively do. Shoot. Alright, go ahead. So what is the progressive era? So in order to talk about the progressive era, we kind of have to go back a little bit before that. Um, (laughs) um, So at like the turn of the century, like the late 1800s, um, we saw a huge like industrial boom in the United States. There are all of these big companies that are popping up, and they're run by um, people that you would likely have heard of, like John Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan ran, like, a really um, big, like, financial investing bank, which still exists now. Is John Rockefeller, did they name Rockefeller Center after Yes. Okay. I felt like that was a dumb question, (laughs) but, like, I just wanted to make sure. It's Okay. Um, then there's, like, the Vanderbilt family, um, of, you know, the Newport fame, Mm -hmm. right? Like, with the Breakers, they, um, ran, Cordelia's Vanderbilt kind of ran the railroads, and then we had Andrew Carnegie, who owned Carnegie Steel, um, and these guys are... Um, building these corporations or building these businesses and there's really no protection for workers at that point. Um, and so these guys are making so much money. And when that happens, we're starting to see kind of like factories pop up and cities get bigger around those factories so we're seeing a lot a lot of change in a very short period of time and so all of these things start happening these big businesses this like transportation kind of explodes Mm -hmm. we see huge growths in cities and all these people start moving and then we kind of like take a beat And then the start of the progressive era is when people start to realize and kind of publish or publicize a lot of the problems in society that came out of that industrialization and the growth of cities and all these big businesses and stuff. And so some of the major, like some of the first things that were kind of brought to people's attention was through people that were called muckrakers. It sounds like, just sounds like a racial slur. Right? It sounds bad every time I say it, and every time I tell my students that I hate it, and it's my least favorite word (laughs) in the English language, and then they try to challenge me as to what, they're like, no, it's not. There's no way that's your least favorite word in the English language. No, moist is. And. Moist and, uh, I really like the word wet. That's fine. There's another one. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Yes, you do. You just don't want to tell me. 
A little. I'm going to figure it out <laughs> halfway through this. I'm just going to say it randomly. Please don't. I'm not the only one that Damp. doesn't like that word. Damp? No. Yeah, I know it, you're but not. But it also... I don't... I, I feel like matters. Here's the thing. I feel like people don't like the word moist because it's the cool thing. No, like. I have not liked that word for a very long time, oh, and it's gross. I didn't like it before everybody else did yeah, like it. It's true. Okay, you hipster. Yeah. But no, it's just like the the sound of the word is gross. Moist. Ugh. So you be the judge, audience. <laughs> no. They'll agree with me. Um, oh, gee, this cake's moist. Uh, that's like a good description of that word. I understand. She's a good use, I mean. Yeah. I understand. However, there are so many other words that you can use to describe a good cake. Wet and spongy? Delicious. Okay. It's fine. But if you're describing a texture of a cake, Gordon Ramsay doesn't go, it's delicious. He goes, yes, he oh, does. oh, he's... It's delicious it's, and it's moist. It tastes. It's just. It's just wet and it falls apart in my okay. mouth. I don't want a wet cake. That's disgusting. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. You want a cake that's a little wet. Ew, that sounds disgusting. It sounds like you're just running a piece of cake under a faucet. No, it's the juices. I don't know. <laughs> There's no juice in then cake. Then what? What makes cake moist? I'm not a baker. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I kind of am a baker, yeah. but this is also not the content yeah. that we're supposed to this be talking isn't, about. This isn't I can bake history. Uh, no. This is... <laughs> what? <laughs> I can bake cakes. I can bake cakes. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of I can bake cakes. Burns. F uh, guess not. <laughs> Join us next episode where I try it again. Scruff Ruffer? What was the name? What was the word? <laughs> that, that's so much worse. <laughs> muck raker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like raking the muck, so yeah. they're like digging up the dirt, essentially, gotcha. on these giant businesses, like the Rockefellers and whatever. These giant corporations were doing everything they could to make money yeah. at the expense of the people that were working for them. So... What do you think are some ways that they're able to do that? Able to make money? Yeah. Like, if you were going to run a business mm -hmm. and you only had to worry about making money, what are some of the things that you would do? Probably, oh. like, super cheap labor. Yep. Out of country. Okay. That's not a thing yet, so, like... Oh, it's not a thing no. yet? Okay. They're, so, yeah. they're actually importing people from other countries to come work here. Against their will? On ships? No. Oh, okay. That already happened. Yep. So, what was the question again? How, what are some ways that you could make a lot of money in a business? Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, really minimum Low wage. Low wages, yep. Uh, having kids work. Yep. Because they're super cheap. Yep. Like, when Caroline's old enough, I want her to make me some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> It's three strikes, not two. The I'm fuck? I'm imagining her as like a four-year-old. <laughs> oh, you man. make the suits. You make the track suits. You don't wear them. Don't get high on your own supply. And she's like, Dad, you've been dressing me in track suits since I was three days old. I think it's fine. Yeah, but now that she's working, my it's not a sweatshop because the AC's on. <laughs> so. Ouch. That hurt. I didn't like that. Anyway. So, yeah. So, minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, cutting corners. Minimal wages. Yeah. Minimal cutting wage. corners. Yeah. On, like... Like what? Like, if, uh, if I was a, a butcher, mm -hmm. I would grind up every part of the cow, including the stuff that you really, like, has no meat or delicious, you know, like, meh, and just put it all in that. I'm glad you mentioned that. But we'll get to that in a little bit. So... In addition to really low wages, they also made people work really long hours and really unsafe conditions. Um, like, air conditioning wasn't really a thing that frequently, like in most places. Yeah. Um, and so these factories were often, like, really hot. And when you've just got a bunch of hot, gross air, things tend to get dirty and germy. And there was also no protection if you got hurt on the job. Mm -hmm. So 
if I was working at a factory and I hurt my hand or something like that, or I lost a couple fingers, um, I could just get fired. And so there was really no protection or guarantee that I would still have a job if I were to get hurt at work. Um, other things that they would do is like you mentioned, they would have like, there was a lot of child labor, um, They also would basically try to recruit immigrants so that they could pay them less than, like, American-born white workers. So, in addition to that, like you were saying earlier, um, the, like, food industries were not regulated at all. Yeah. And so, companies would kind of, like just put whatever they wanted in food um and so very yeah so very famously one of the most read or most like famous documents to come out of the progressive era was upton sinclair's the jungle and he wrote this book that sort of exposed the horrors of the meatpacking industry the jungle sort of exposed all of the disgusting stuff that people were ingesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, things like moldy meat, stuff would fall on the floor that hadn't been washed in weeks, and then they would just, like, put it back in the the package or in the vat to be ground up into beef or whatever. Yeah. And... They didn't have refrigerators, right? I mean, they had ways to preserve it. Like, they had, like, ice and stuff like that, but... um, they like home refrigerators like we have now weren't a thing really yet. Got it. Um but so this goes everywhere, right? And people start reading this and meat sales plummet because everyone is like, I'm not eating this disgusting mold meat. I'm not eating rat meat instead of like beef. This is disgusting. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, who was president at the time, he's kind of known as, like, the progressive president. Um, He reads this. He's like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my whole life. So this led to the creation of the Pure Food and Drug Act, which is the, the very early version of our current Food and Drug Administration. Um... So there was the Meat Inspection Act, which specifically looked at meat plants, basically. Yeah. And um, made sure that everything was clean and sanitary and nothing that was not supposed to go into the meat was going into it. Um, And then, like I said, it kind of expanded into the current Food and Drug Administration that we have now. And so it... um, has obviously expanded into all consumed or consumable goods. So that's any medicines we take, all food, um, but it also applies to, like, cosmetics stuff, too. Yeah. Um, And so that's one of the, I would argue, one of the most visible changes to come out of the progressive era. In the past couple years... My students have gotten more and more critical of the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's pandemic related. I don't know if that's just the makeup of the personalities of the kids I have in the room. I don't know if it's a Gen Z thing. I don't know. Yeah. But last year when I taught this, um, a few of my kids were like, I was talking about how the the meat sales dropped and people stopped eating meat because they had read what was going on and how gross it was. Yeah. And a couple of them were like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that the only reason we have the FDA right now is to save the meat industry because they wouldn't, like, the government couldn't afford <laughs> to not sell meat to people? And I was like, I, I, I don't know, guys, but people needed to not be eating rats. So, like, this is objectively a good, like, result. And they're like, but if that's why they did it, I'm like, who cares why they did it if this was the result? Um, Did any of them become uh, uh, vegetarians? 
after this? Or they like... Frequently they make that comment. (laughs) And I feel so terrible. It just happened a couple times. I felt really bad. Yeah. But in high school, um, we have a rotating schedule. And so I have students at different times throughout the day. Yeah. Um, And it just so happened that... I think I've taught the jungle a handful of times, probably like five times in the last eight years. Yeah. And they, so many of those times have been during or just before the lunch block. Mm-hmm. And my kids are always like, Mrs. Wagner, what is wrong with you? Why would you have us do this today? <laughs> right now? Because I'm not going to eat lunch. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh. I felt like such a jerk. But, um, yes, to answer your question, they do frequently say that they're never going to eat meat again. And then that quickly goes away for a lot of them. So, anyway. Yes. Um, so, the... Food regulations or consumer protections are really one of the major um, progressive era reforms that happened. And in addition to that, along with Upton Sinclair, like I mentioned earlier, there was this whole like class of muckrakers who were basically journalists <laughs> and, I know, and... <laughs> photographers and writers who kind of exposed the problems of the day. Oh, and so... Paparazzi. No. It's to say, is paparazzi today's muckrakers? No, because paparazzi is like celebrity gossip. I thought there was just like anybody who was with a camera and taking pictures of shit, trying to break stories. Are you drunk? What's no, happening to you? No, I was you? just asking. <laughs> you just looked... Like, I can see you, like, powering down. Because I know that, like, when I sometimes say something and then I continue, (laughs) the look on your face is, stop talking (laughs) this stupid nonsense, but I have to continue. I know. But, no, not like paparazzi. Yeah, I know now. (laughs) Continue. So, these muckrakers are kind of exposing all of these different areas of society. And so we had uh, people like Jacob Rees who photographed, um, like, living conditions. Mm -hmm. So remember how I talked about all these cities popping up? Yeah. That meant that there wasn't enough houses for people, and so that's why we have apartment buildings in cities, so that more people can live on a smaller footprint and so they grew like they built the buildings higher instead of wider so that you could fit more people in a smaller space and at that time because people were moving in in such huge numbers at such a high rate Mm -hmm. the quality of those buildings was not super awesome and So people were living in what's called tenement buildings, and you can actually still go to some in New York. They have, like, the Tenement Museum. Yeah. Um, And it's actually really interesting and heartbreaking to see, but it's these essentially, like, apartment buildings, but they're so gross. Yeah. And they don't really have good plumbing or sewer, like, sewer sewage systems Mm -hmm. in... The buildings, and, like, they're not well ventilated, and... Are they dumping it out the windows? No, but, like, it's just gross. And there were often multiple generations of a family living in a space that was not very big. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Exactly, exactly. And so... I can dance. I love to go with you. (laughs) I'm no longer handicapped. Yeah. So... It's that level of poverty. Yeah. Um, so when you see muckraker, that's what I picture. But the muckrakers... I know what okay. it is. I'm okay. just saying. Like, that word just sounds like... Like, if if I saw somebody dumping shit out the window, I'd go, <laughs> You muckraker! 
Like, that's what I picture as muckraker. It's like a muck dumper. <laughs> muck is like mud. It's like dirt. It's yeah. gross. I understand it. <laughs> You've explained it to me six times. Okay, well, you're still saying things that don't make sense. I'm just saying that's what I picture okay, when I hear it. That's an incorrect picture. I understand that. You've explained it to me seven times. Now, everyone else understands why or how I am competitive about stupid shit. Because I have to be right about this one very specific thing. Continue. Move on. You You muckraker. (laughs) (laughs) My head's going to explode. So Jacob Reese basically takes a bunch of pictures of these tenement buildings and talks about how dangerous they are and... Like, he wrote a book called How the Other Half Lives, and it details basically all the horrors of living in these gross tenement buildings. Yeah. And one of the things that always sticks with my students is that there was no room, there wasn't enough room in the build, like, in the actual space, in the apartments, for everyone's stuff. So they would put them, put, like, extra boxes or clothes or whatever on the fire escape. And I would always, like, I always ask my kids, like, what's the problem with that? (laughs) So why is that a problem? Putting your clothes and stuff on the fireplace? Escape. Fire escape. Uh, Yeah. Fire escape uh, becomes a hazard. Yeah. So when there's a fire, Mm -hmm. people people can't escape Mm -hmm. because there's clothes on it and your clothes can get stolen. (laughs) I, I feel as though... The theft is a significantly less important risk. But, yeah. So, in case of a fire or in case something... I don't have much. They took my blouse. Good God. It was on on the fire escape drying and and, and it was taken by the birds. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. I'm here talking about how people would, like, literally get stuck in buildings and burn to death because their shit was everywhere, and you're talking about birds stealing laundry. Yeah, because that's what would happen. Are you the historian here? No. Have you ever seen a bird carry a shirt? No. I have. <laughs> so, it happens. Okay. I, I'm not saying... Are I you didn't. telling me that that whole time... They were putting their clothes on the fire escape. No, 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 no. Let me finish. I'm letting you talk. Are you? (laughs) Talking about fucking birds and laundry. You're telling me that all the people that have put their laundry on those fire escapes, that not one bird or owl came by and was like, ooh, and then grabbed the shirt and just flew off. I'm, one, not a bird expert, but You two, don't have to be a bird expert. The, 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 the probability of that happening is so high. Okay, fine. I will concede that that may have happened. However, that is not the point of why I brought that up in the first place. Thank you. Conceded, accepted. Continue. Concession. Why? I don't want anything to eat. We just oh ate. Oh my god, I can't stand you. <laughs> Ugh, this feels so weird to be joking about birds stealing laundry. While people are burning alive. Yeah. So the birds are like, they don't need the clothes. Ooh, ooh. You could not be worse. <laughs> oh man, I quit. I quit. You put I that quit. shirt back. That's somebody else's property. I quit. It was a hot sale. Oh my god, you're the worst. <laughs> oh. And that was the first hot topic. <laughs> and that's the end of I Can Teach History Forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. How do we come back from that? So, uh. so it was a fire hazard to have clothes yeah. out there. And so, because the buildings were so poorly ventilated, Mm -hmm. they would just, like, go up in smoke, basically. Yeah. And a lot of people were killed. And um, there were no regulations for things like, um, 
a second exit. So now in any apartment, you need more than one entrance or exit in case something happens. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of New York apartments that has... Weird how like, that works, huh? Even, even today. Weird how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm see. This is not totally related, and I have not done enough research on this to actually speak about this as an educated human being. But not to be annoying, but I've seen like apartment tours and stuff on TikTok of people that live in New York, and they're like showing off what you can get for X amount of money in in New York. Yeah. And. The price is wild, and there are places where, like, it's kind of, like, dorm style where you're sharing a bathroom with the people on your floor. Yeah. And it's, like, that is too close to what we're talking about from the progressive era, and it's real gross. And, like, to know that they're paying so much money for not a lot, and... I don't like the idea of taking a shower. And then going... Down uh, the hallway. <laughs> that guy who lives down the hall, who smells like goat cheese and, and salami, just used this shower. Are, the, are people saying that about you in this situation, or are you saying that about the guy down the hall? Are you saying I smell like goat cheese and salami? <laughs> I mean, no. I'm just saying I don't like the idea of sharing... A shower with goat salami. (laughs) (laughs) Those goat cheese and salami and goat salami are really not the same. It's gross. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm sure they didn't have, like, I don't know, sandals, shower sandals. Yeah, they didn't have any, like, $2 Old Navy flip-flops to be using as shower shoes. Crocs, you say? Are they British now? I don't know. They still have British accents from no, when they, they first don't. came over from Jamestown. Or to Jamestown. Hello. Hundreds of years later? I don't think so. Hello. We're very progressive. Continue. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, there are a ton of these journalists who are exposing problems, right? So, like I mentioned earlier, um, Upton Sinclair is talking about food and the uh, consumer protections. Some of the other things that happened were... One of my favorite kind of, like, anecdotes from this period is about ketchup, um, which arguably is the best condiment that exists and goes on everything. 100%. And we'll have a poll, but um, ketchup is the superior condiment. Yeah. Mustard can go fuck itself. I think ketchup is the only condiment that you like, right? It is. Yep. 100%. Except like barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, one of my favorite parts of the Progressive Era <laughs> is talking about this because I love ketchup so much. And as a person this doesn't really matter, but I don't care about brands really very much. Like, I, I will buy the generic brand of everything because it's cheaper and I don't care. However, ketchup has to be Heinz, mm-hmm. and it's just superior. And um, I did not buy that, just so you know. You did. We had a bottle of ketchup on our table in front of us and was just checking to see if it was Heinz, and it's not. I might have bought this. I don't know. It was Signature. Tomato ketchup. It's not Heinz. It's not as good. But the reason that Heinz, like, is the the gold standard for ketchup is because when Teddy Roosevelt had implemented these, um, like, consumer protections on food, he hired or appointed the head of what is now, like, what would be the FDA. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the FDA, Howard Wiley, basically he's doing a bunch of investigations on various foods. Mm -hmm. And his research came back that of all of the ketchup brands, Heinz was the only one that didn't have a particular preservative in it that was carcinogenic or could cause cancer. 
And so he goes to Teddy Roosevelt. Is that one going to cause cancer? Probably not. And so he goes to Teddy Roosevelt and he's like, hey, dude, you have to go and tell the American people that the only ketchup they can buy is Heinz. (laughs) And Teddy Roosevelt is like, I'm not doing that. Imagine the press conference that is called. Right. Bully, my fellow Americans. I don't think that you realize what you just did, but he created the term or like the term bully pulpit came from him because Mm -hmm. bully is like in the context that you just used it like, Oh, awesome. Great. Like whatever. Um, anyway, Teddy Roosevelt basically is like, absolutely not. The president of the United States cannot be a commercial for a private business. That's insane. I'm not doing that. And the head of the FDA is like, People are going to die if you don't, so, like, you fucking better. And he's like, no, so you're fired. (laughs) And so, eventually, all of the other ketchups had to change their um, ingredients to remove the preservative that was a problem. Yeah. But Heinz is the only one that still has its original recipe because of that change and so that's kind of why it's known as like number one the best it is the best isn't that fun as i tell my kids that anecdote is my favorite thing because it has two of my favorite things in it ketchup and federal regulations (laughs) and i told my ap government students that when we were talking about bureaucracy earlier this week, and they all laughed, and I realized I found my people. I was so happy that they all laughed at my joke. And then I remembered that they're, like, federally mandated from to be in my classroom, but and they have to laugh at my jokes, but still made me feel good anyway. Guys, just laugh. She'll give us a fucking A. <laughs> That's rude. One of my kids was like, he said something, like, his face was just, like, melting into the floor when I was talking about how the the president was like, I can't do that. He was like, of course he can. What's wrong with these people? He was so invested in the story. It made me so happy. My little nerd heart was so happy. So what else was so progressive about this error? So, one... Error? <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Error? Error. Oh, error. But as a Rhode Islander, all of what we just said was fine. Oh, perfect. Um, It's funny that you ask, like, what is so progressive about the progressive era? Because that is something that I talk with my kids about towards the end of the unit. Yeah. Because, yeah, there were a ton of changes that were made. But there's also a lot of stuff that didn't get changed, too. And we can talk about that a little later. Um, But I talked about Teddy Roosevelt... His whole, like, presidential focus... Because, like, presidents tend to have, like, an overarching goal for their term as president. Like, um, like Biden wanted to, like, the, do, like, the Build Back Better stuff. Like, yeah. Teddy Roosevelt had something called the Square Deal. And what he wanted to do... Sounds was lame. It was square. not lame at all. Um... So, the square deal is Teddy Roosevelt's, like, focus for his time as president. Mm-hmm. And he wants to fix the problems of the the day by controlling corporations, so making it so that these businesses can't just, like, do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And he wants to build in some consumer protection so that stuff about like food and drugs and all of that yeah all of that is getting regulated so that people aren't ingesting things that are harmful Mm. and then he wanted to conserve natural resources okay and so teddy roosevelt is known for his like horse riding ability yeah so like he's a like an outdoorsman he loved to hike he loved to box he hunted a ton like he was outside a lot and so the reason that we have like the natural uh, the national park system is because of him hmm. because he wanted to reserve federal lands that couldn't be built on 
that people could just enjoy and be in nature so that this land wouldn't get built up to be more and more cities and create more of the problems that he was trying to fix. Um, And so that's why we have the national park system. That's why we have a lot of the, um, like the very early, um, kind of like environmental stuff that we have now. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. What's your question? So you've mentioned, uh, the oil Mm -hmm. and steel. Mm -hmm. What was the third one? Railroads. Railroads. So far, so far you've only talked about food. So what do the other ones have to do with the progressive era? So that's a good question. So basically... Thank you, I know it is. I'm very good at asking questions. Uh, Some people say I'm the best at asking questions. I'm the greatest. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, so these companies, like the Standard Oil and Carnegie Steel, were employing people in factories using those really like smarmy slimy tactics so they're the ones that are um not really paying their workers it's like super dangerous they're doing everything they can to cut costs um there were they also created monopolies i love that game um, okay, so what's the point of the game Monopoly? To fucking win, bro. Okay, how do you win in the board game of Monopoly? Oh, by owning all the squares. Yeah, so by owning all the squares, you have made it so that you are the only person... That is getting money. Yeah. It's fake money, but still. Yeah, but in, in life, like not the board game, in like the real world, the... These companies were, like, buying up every step of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, Standard Oil would, like, buy up its competitors. Yeah. And then, like, they would... Throw their label on it. Yeah. So then they're the only one that you can go through to get oil. Um. And so when that happens, like, when competition is limited, then that means that prices go up, um, and in terms of consumers, like, prices and stuff go up, but for workers, if you can only work at the one factory in town, like you're kind of screwed on what you can bargain for and stuff like that. Like, you can't really... Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And so um, a lot of workers were put in really tough positions because, like, they needed a job, but they could only work in so many places. Yeah. Um, And so these are the... These are the big businesses that are kind of seen as, like, the bad guys that... Uh, the muckrakers were looking to expose. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of Standard Oil and Rockefeller and all of the Monopoly stuff, Ida Tarbell was an American journalist who, like, made it her mission to take down Standard Oil. Yeah. And so what she did was she just basically... It sounds like... She, that's such like a, a like a superhero ish name. Yeah. Where it's like Ida Tarbell. Yeah. Taking yes. down the industries. She's like, hello, I'm here to take you down. <laughs> Starring Jason Statham. As Ida Tarbell. Yeah. It's called progressive, Liz. <laughs> Progression. It's, it's super progressive to have a jacked white man play. A very tiny white woman. He's not jacked, and he's pretty tiny. Yes, he is. He's not jacked. He's in but good also, shape. But also, like, that's not the point of that. Oi. Stop it with the oils. And, uh, and, uh, and... Again, and why is she British? Because it's Jason Statham. It he doesn't do be. any it's other It's Ida Tarbell. Oh, my 
God. Fine. I'm out of town, Bell. That sounds like Vin You're Diesel. Coming after my family. Sounds like Vin Diesel. That's from... what it was. From what? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> With the car. It's Fast and the Furious. <laughs> the vroom vroom. <laughs> they hit the pedals. To the metals. <laughs> I saw one of them because I thought Paul Walker was hot, and then I didn't watch any of the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, because he wasn't so. in the rest of them after the. He was in more than one. Yeah, I know, but no. Okay. So Ida Tarbell, who's not Jason Statham. Oi. Is basically writing all of this stuff about how Standard Oil has these, like, really smarmy business practices. Yeah. And it led to a few different um, pieces of legislation that were meant to break up the monopolies of the Standard Oil, the Carnegie Steel. Yeah. Um, They didn't totally work. Um, The first was the Sherman Antitrust Act. The purpose said that it would make it illegal to basically... The language is something along the lines of, like, um, limit competition. Yeah. Or limit competitive business practices or whatever. And... So you couldn't do that. You couldn't limit competition in your business practices. But there were so many ways around it, and nobody enforced it. Yeah. And so a lot of the reason for that was because if you're a politician, who do you go to when you need to campaign? What do you need to be able to do that? I need a campaign manager. Yep. What else do you need? Small violence. Oh, money. Um, so you need money. Who do you go to to get that money? The do you- people. Oh, investors. Big, big, big pharma. Big companies. <laughs> big pharma? Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, these big, big businesses. Because so- they would give them, they would give me money so I could make sure that when I become the president of whatever, they're going to be like, hey, you remember that money we gave you, buddy? Mm-hmm. It's time to, time to pay up. Yeah. Exactly. So, why don't you bring that pretty little mouth over here and talk to the TV and tell the American people that we are the shit. Yep, that's pretty much what happened. Mm -hmm. And so, these really big investors are best friends with the people that are making the laws to limit those big businesses. Yeah. And so, the... The amount that they were really regulating those big businesses was very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wouldn't be until a few years later with a few different laws, like the uh, Clayton Antitrust Act, that would actually make it possible to enforce the Sherman Antitrust Act. Yeah. Um, for a bunch of reasons. But they also, the Clayton Antitrust Act actually added in protections for unions. Um, and it made it so that companies couldn't limit union activity, which was also another thing that a lot of these companies were doing at the time. Yeah. Um, so when employees started complaining about the fact that they were getting hurt on the job and they were being overworked and underpaid and all of that, they were creating unions and then the companies would either just fire them or break up the union in other ways. Yeah. Uh, but the Clayton Antitrust Act made that illegal. Who was the who was the big union guy? Are you talking about Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously way after that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Wow. Because <laughs> he was played by Al Pacino in The Irishman. Wait, what? Jimmy Hoffa was He Al was Pacino. in The Irishman? I mean, like, obviously the character. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He dies. What? <laughs> um, I actually just saw somebody wearing a Teamsters, like, t-shirt. And I was like, oh, like Jimmy Hoffa. Like, that's, like, in my brain that was what the connection was. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not the only, like, relevance to what the Teamsters are, but... Yeah. Um... But, like, that was literally yesterday, and now we're talking about it again. In addition to the tenement buildings mm-hmm. and the the problems in, like, the 
lack of ventilation and the like poor plumbing and all that stuff. Fucking birds stealing clothes. Yeah. Um, there were also similar things happening in factories. And so most famously, uh, the triangle shirt waste factory, um, basically the building had zero, what we would refer to as like any kind of safety precautions. Yeah. Um, and the building had their doors locked. So like all of the doors onto the on the floors were all locked so the people like couldn't get out in a problem. Yeah. Um there was only one working elevator for a huge factory that housed or that had a bunch like hundreds of people working in it. Mm-hmm. There was also no sprinkler system. And so there was also very poor ventilation, and so what happened was there was, like, a pile of clothes that was that got too hot, basically. And um, a fire started, and everyone who was in the building, most people died Damn. because they just couldn't get out. It's so tragic and so horrible. Um and that is one of the reason. That is the reason that we have the again the laws about multiple exits. Yeah. Um. That's why there's signage about if there is a fire, use the stairs instead of an elevator. Um. The other part of it is like the doors that were in the building opened inward instead of outward, and so. When you've got all of these people that are yeah. that are crowding to get to the door, they couldn't get out because they couldn't actually open the door. Yeah. And so now, most places, most like businesses or public places that you go, they have to have a door that opens outwards so that in the event that a lot of people need to get out at once, yeah. they can just push the door open and go. Yeah. Um, they don't have to worry about pulling it and coming back in. Um, it's but terrible. It's terrifying. really, really yeah. terrifying. And that's why we have the sprinkler systems now in any kind of business or big building. Um, again, there are better and more accessible fire escapes, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all of that is a result of specifically the, the Shirtwaist Factory fire. Just like a whole building go up because of one person's shitty thing. I mean, it still can happen. It, yeah. But, but it's like, like, it's just greed that made that happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like greed and ignorance. Yeah. And it's just... Like, the doors were locked because they wanted the women to stay on the floor working. <laughs> like, it wasn't... I don't know. I think about it all the time, and it, like, makes me so sad. What were the um, the the long-term effects yeah. of the all of this stuff that's happened? So, yeah. So, the stuff that we've talked about is definitely still in place like the food and drug administration is a thing obviously Mm -hmm. um osha is something that came out of this so like the office safety stuff yeah um came out of this but more on a more big picture level yeah um the the kind of overarching idea that government is meant to help people yeah um became more of a a common belief and this was the first time in american history where people reached out to the government for help and they responded positively and they (laughs) did something and that's not to say that like the government didn't care before but like a lot of people felt like that wasn't the purpose of government. Yeah. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, like, the in previous administrations, it was kind of like, business can do whatever they want. And that's not our business to regulate business, right? Yeah. Um, but 
when those businesses were left to their own devices, they were doing some really shady stuff. So that's when the government did step in. Um, and so, again, this is sort of the first time that the government has proven to be very responsive to the needs of the people. And so that's going to increase the role of the federal government and make the federal government a lot more powerful than it had been before. Um, it created a bunch of new federal agencies and like, um, what? Uh, like all of those regulatory agencies. So things like the Department of Health and Human Services, gotcha. um, like housing and urban development, like all of those kinds of things came out of um, progressive era policies. Gotcha. Um, and the the other part of it is that like you mentioned like how progressive was the progressive era earlier. Yeah. And, like, yeah, all of those things were huge, huge changes at this time, like, during the early 1900s, like, up till 1920. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of people who still didn't have the rights that they deserved. Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of the racial injustice really wasn't addressed. Um, those muckrakers were primarily middle-class white people who lived in cities. Yeah. And so, like, their worldview, while bigger than a lot of people living in, like, more rural areas... Yeah. ...still was pretty limited. Um, and so the... Yes, there were huge gains made by the progressive movement, but... Um, there was still a long way to go by the time the, the movement was over in 1920. Yeah. So, have you learned a lot today? I feel like I learned so much. I don't know where to start. <laughs> and I don't know where to end. Okay. But to sum all of this up, mm -hmm. I think that the progressive era is the government... Yep. ...stepping in... Yep. ...and saying... Hey, stop. Stop. And don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of other pieces to it, but, like, if I only had 15 seconds to teach the progressive era... That's it. That's pretty close. Government kicking in the door. Don't be a dick. And then takes off the aviators. <laughs> you pieces of shit. You pick up that meat off the floor and you throw it in the trash. Yeah. Not on the assembly line. Gross. Or else I'm going to send Becky Terminator to write a sh fucking thing about you. Are you talking about Ida Tarbo? That was close. <laughs> <laughs> Becky Terminator. It's the best. <laughs> she sounds like a really great name. Certainly. It sounds like a... Like a, you know what it sounds um, like? Ida Tum, what is it? Ida Tarbell. Oh, I thought it was Turnbuckle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ida Tarbell. Tarbell. I'm Ida Tarbell. And I'm going to write a paper on you that'll shut this whole thing down. Yeah, <laughs> shut you down. Flicking the cigarette. Mm -hmm. Slow motion, up close cigarette. Just going in the air. Mm -hmm. Little trickles of red ash mm -hmm. falling off. You really thought about this. Cigarette hits the ground next to what seems to be a wet stream puddle. Oh, what's this? The ambers of the cigarette touches that liquid and sets a flame. It is gasoline, and it is going towards a factory, and it goes on fire. And she goes, you've been dicked, and then leaves. Ew. You've been dicked? Well, yeah, because it's don't be a dick. <laughs> Never being a dick, so guess what? You've been dicked. <laughs> I don't like it. This is Ida Turnbuckle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I lit another cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 
where'd the second cigarette come from? She lit she lit it another one before she flicked the other one. So double fisting. Yeah, she doubles fisting. I had a tar I, I had a tar pit is just uh, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. <laughs> you know, wake the baby. You're the one. She flicks the cigarette at that gasoline <laughs> pile to that factory, then to that gasoline pile in that factory. And then in the middle is an apartment building, and she says, Don't worry, you're safe. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. It's a little close. Oh, good lord. Get your clothes. Get your clothes inside. <laughs> the birds are coming. <laughs> take it off. Take it off the heaters. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> this is Ida Turnbacken. Checking out. Uh, uh, well, uh, this has been another episode of I Can Teach History. Thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and like and whatever it is that you do. Um, uh, to the Bit Players Network. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll. Uh, oh, I'm Carl. And I'm Liz. And we'll teach you next time. Yep. You're supposed to say it at the same time. I'm, I'm not doing that. But we will get there. No, we won't. My name is in the Orville Turnbacken Rider. That makes no sense. Orville Okay. Is that right? Are you trying to say Ida Tarvo? Yeah, but what's the guy's name now, the popcorn guy? Oral Redenbacher. I said it right, right? No! Oral, Oral Redenbacher. Alright, see you next time, guys. No, teach you next time. One, two, three. Teach you next, no, one, two, three. Bye. Teach you next time. This has been a BitPlayers podcast, bitplayers.net.